Welcome to the Raise the Roof, Remove the Walls podcast. Andy and Joe here with you. Hey, guys. And uh, this week, we're talking about another parable. Uh, we're going to be looking at the sheep and the goats from Matthew 25. So I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and read this one so we, we know what we're talking about here. Set the stage for us. So uh, Matthew 25, starting at verse 31. Jesus says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he'll sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothing and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? And he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So, keeping goats, scary parable. What do we got here? Well, you know, one of the things that struck me as I as I studied this and read some stuff, there there are a whole lot of commentators who want to just really make this complex. <laughs> oh, is this about the second coming? Is this about the rapture? Is this you know? And and to me, it's very simple. Two groups. Now, that goes against everything baby boomers are about because we're about variety and choice. You know, when I was a little kid, we had like, you know, four or five toothpaste. Now we got 20,000 different kinds of toothpaste. You know, we love variety. But here he doesn't give us two groups. Sheep, he puts on the right. Goats, he puts on the left. Now, I know there are a lot of people who probably want to politicize this. They make this about Republicans and Democrats, liberals and conservatives. You know, if you do that, then I guess the Republicans and the conservatives are going to heaven and the rest of them are going to hell. But I don't think that's what it's about. He makes it very clear. He's addressing the church. To me, this is a parable to the church. And the king, Jesus, says to those on his right, which are the sheep, that they are blessed because they're going to inherit the kingdom was prepared for them before the before the foundations of the world or before creation. Because, and then he, he, he lists what they have done that shows their righteousness, that shows the, the change in their lives that it brought them in a relationship with Jesus. Because when he was hungry, they gave him food. When he was thirsty, they gave him drink. When he was a stranger, they welcomed him in. When he was naked, they clothed him. When he was, he, they, he was sick, they visited him. When he was in prison, they came to him. And they're going to go, uh, wait a minute, when did we do that for you? 
And then he, to me, this maybe is the most critical part. He identifies himself with the least. He identifies himself with the down and out, the marginalized, the outcast, the hurting, the broken. And he says, hey, when you did it to any of these people who were hurting and broken and had these needs, it was like you were doing it to me. And it's interesting, he doesn't identify himself, and Jesus doesn't throughout the Gospels, identify himself with the elite or the wealthy or the powerful or the ones who looks like they have their lives all together. He identifies with the broken and the hurting and those of us who know that we're not. I mean, he says, Luke 19.10, I've come to seek and save the lost. He tells the Pharisees who got all upset because he and the disciples were eating with tax collectors that, hey, it's not the, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. I've called to call, come to call sinners, not righteous people or self-righteous people. So to me, th- this is a, a pretty simple parable. He's saying, hey, this is what the church ought to be doing, feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, welcoming the stranger, clothing the naked, visiting the sick, and going to those who are in prison. And instead, I think a lot of times we tend to shy away from those folks because they're not they're not really people we want, we want to associate with because of their reputation or their lifestyle or their smell or, or whatever it is. But he's saying, no, 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 the church is to minister to these folks. And when you do, you're literally ministering to me. Yeah, you know, that, that, that for, you did it for me. I, I don't think there's in the movie Bruce Almighty. uh yes he literally becomes all these people like you see at the end of the movie like he's the weird like i don't think jesus literally becomes all these people no um, no I, I think he's using a metaphor and i don't think that movie was trying to say he does and so but like part of it is too he's he's our motivation he's the reason he's why we act this way like you're doing this for yes. me like you're following yes. after me you're doing what i would do you're, you're living the example that i've set for you of, of washing people's feet and taking care of each other and loving one another like you're doing what I told you to do. I'm, I'm the reason you're doing this. And it's because of your relationship with me that you're doing this. And that's, that's huge for us to remember because it's not, we, we both have this issue. Um, we don't like other people. Um, (laughs) like we don't, it's okay. We can say it. It's all right. We can be honest. Um, (laughs) So when anyone thinks, oh, you're, you're nice to me, that's Jesus acting in my life, okay? That's yes. us. Um, that's that. You see the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, yes. Be, because he's what changes us to do that. You know, we, we live in a world that's full of people that, that this, this younger generation is all about social justice. Social justice is a huge deal for yes. people, you know, 30-year-olds right now or whatever, you know, 20, 20s and 30. Like, we're supposed to do all this great stuff. And that's... There's nothing wrong with that stuff. There's some good stuff. But if we're doing that just of our own volition and just out of our own power and our own ability, it doesn't make us righteous. No. It doesn't make us good. Like, that's not enough. There, we will never do enough good things on our own to be right in the sight of God. Right. It has to start the other way. And that's part of what this is, too, is that I think he's saying, you guys know me. You're doing this for me. You're doing this out of your relationship with me. You're doing this. Yes. Stuff. You're not doing it to earn it. You're not no. doing it because you're, you know, you, you no. love me and you know me. And so you're doing the things I would do. You're, you're no. loving these people. You're clothing them and feeding them and going to see them and taking care of them. You're, you're loving one another, just like I told you to do. No. And so I think that's a lot of it is 
why we're doing some of the things that we're doing. Um, yeah. Because it's coming out of our relationship with Jesus. It's not there to right. establish our relationship with Jesus or earn our relationship with Jesus. Right. Because we have one. Right. And so we do this stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're not doing this so they earn righteousness. They are righteous. And so they're doing this. Yeah. yeah. When he says you will inherit the kingdom that was prepared for for you before the foundation of the world or from the foundation of the world, he's not saying because you're doing this, you get to inherit the kingdom. He says, because you have already inherited the kingdom, you're part of the kingdom. This is what the kingdom does. It ministers to those who are the broken and the outcast and the hurting. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the church in the 50s and the 60s. And social ministry in the 50s and the 60s in evangelical churches was non-existent. <laughs> I mean, w- when I was growing up in the church, there was no thought of doing what our church I, is doing right now with our with our feeding ministry every week. There was no thought of doing what you did with your kids when you were in Albuquerque, of going to downtown Albuquerque every <laughs> Friday night and handing out sandwiches and water. I mean, the church would have gone, no, 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 we, we don't do those kinds of things. And, and I think because the church failed to do those at a point in time that was very critical, I think, for the church to do it, then people said, well, it's got to be done. So, OK, we'll turn to the government and let the government do it. And I think we find ourselves in a position now where we look and we say, man, the government is, is, is too big. It's taking too much responsibilities. It's, and there, I think part of the reason that is, is because the church 50, 60 years ago said, no, we don't really want to do these things. We're just going to preach the gospel. You know, Jesus healed people. Jesus fed people. But he did that to enhance the proclamation of the gospel. I mean, Jesus didn't just come and go, okay, I'm going to heal you guys and leave. He proclaimed the gospel and in the process healed people. When he fed those 4,000 and the 5,000, it was after he had preached and taught them for hours on end that he then fed them. And, And we've got to combine the two. No, the church isn't just here to feed hungry people and clothe naked people. It's here to do that, as you said, in the name of Jesus, because of our relationship with Jesus, so that they then say, these people really care about me. So this Jesus who they're talking about must really care about me, and they're going to to seek him out. You know, it's not a either or, it's a both. We do both. We don't just do the social ministry or do the evangelic ministry, we combine those into doing them at the same time. And I think that's what Jesus is saying. These people did that because of their righteousness out of the relationship they had with Jesus, like you said, not to earn it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that echoes a lot of what James tells us, you know, about, about yes. Yes. Work. like, yes. I think, I think James will say facing the same thing we face is that we have people, well, I'm going to preach the gospel. Well, I'm doing this. You know, we we do one or the other. Yeah. But putting those things together is what's important. Like I I can do all the good I want to do over here, but if I don't have the gospel, I'm missing out. And I can talk about the gospel all at once. I don't, if I don't do the gospel, I don't live it out. It's worthless. It means nothing. It doesn't matter what I tell people if I'm not showing them that I actually believe this stuff. And that's, that's what James tells us to do. Like, I'll yes. show you my faith by what I do. I'm going to put these two things together. My, my actions and my beliefs are going to match up. And I think that's what Jesus right. tried to do here. Because the goats that he talks about, the goats have done plenty of good stuff, I think. I think the goats go to church. Oh, yeah. 
The goats give. Oh yeah. The goats might even teach Sunday school and sing in the choir. Okay. The goats have a religion. I guarantee. You, I can guarantee they're probably deacons. <laughs> See, I can say I'm that. still employed at a church. I can't <laughs> say um, just kidding. I know, my, I deacons are, my deacons are great. I, I was kidding. I'm kidding, too. I'm kidding, um, too. Especially the ones that can actually figure out how to download a podcast and might ever hear this. <laughs> I'm safe from half of mine if I said anything anyway. Um, so I have but, some to listen. <laughs> but I mean, but the, the problem was that their faith, their faith stopped at the doors of the church. Like, they went yes. and did a religious thing. They had great yes. religion. And so they did all this stuff, but it didn't, it didn't mean anything more. It didn't get deeper. Right. And that's, that's right. why I think this, there's some, this is one of the scarier parables because when Jesus throws out yes. stuff, that's obvious, like, Oh, don't do these bad things. Like, that's great. But when Jesus comes at religion like this and says, Hey, your, your, your traditions, your stuff, whatever it is that you're doing, it's not enough. You have to know me. And it, and if you don't know me, right. look what happens to the goats. Like this is scary. Yes. Like you're you're getting sent away. Yeah. Like you can't come be with him. Yeah. And so right. It's yeah. There's some scary consequences if if we don't let Jesus yeah. change us into this. So yeah. Well, you also notice here. I, I found it interesting when when the sheep look at the king Jesus and and they go. Um, let's see. In verse thirty-seven, it says then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, where did we see you hungry and feed or thirsty and give you drink? When you go down to the goats, they say the same thing. Lord, when did we see you? So they're recognizing theologically or theoretically Jesus is Lord, but their words have no real meaning because they're not following through with what he tells us that we are to do because of who we are. You know, and I agree with you 100%. I mean, the book of James, yeah, when I when I finished reading this, I thought, oh, this, this is this is kind of precursor to what James <laughs> writes about in his whole book. You know, he makes it very clear that faith is going to be shown by actions, and our actions come out of that righteousness that we have because of our relationship with Jesus. But he also talks about that sin is not just not doing those things we're told not to do, it's failing to do the things that we are told to do. Yeah. You know, we have sins of oh, uh, of commission where, yeah, I'm sinning because I'm doing something in, re in rebelling against God's authority, and I'm openly saying, I want to do what I want to do. But there's sins of omission, too, where God makes it very plain. This is who we are as a church, and this is who we are to then be and do in the world. And quite honestly, sometimes we don't do it. And another verse that came to me about this, is Galatians 5, 6, where uh, Paul writes, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. If our faith in Jesus doesn't manifest itself as loving other people, and I mean, you know, I mean, First John says, if I see my brother in need and I say, oh, hope somebody takes care of you and goes on your way, I've not exhibited the love of Jesus to that person. You know, Jesus didn't look at all the sick people and go, boy, I hope you find a doctor that can cure that. Or those, you know, the disciples wanted to send that group of 5,000, well, tell them, go back into the towns and buy food. You know, and Jesus says, no, you feed them. And I, I'm pretty sure that at that, you know, Peter's going, what are you talking about, dude? I mean, <laughs> and Jesus says, how much food do we have? Well, we got this much. Okay. He blesses it. He tells them to sit down and he breaks 
and he feeds them because he knew these folks were hungry. They've received the gospel. Now I've got to show them in a very practical way what that means. I'm going to give them physical food. I'm giving them spiritual food. But unless they see me and experience the reality of needs being met, I mean, I think it's an old saying, but they're not going to care about what we care about until we they know we care about them. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the gospel has to be connected with meeting people's um, perceived needs so that the real need can then be addressed. Yeah, we, we have to meet those people. You know, uh, when Jesus tells us the, the greatest commandments, when, when someone comes up and asks him, you know, what, what are the great, you know, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself. Like these are, these are both important. These are both essential, but there is a proper order to, them. you know, yes. it starts with yes. loving God. It starts out of that relationship and comes into that where we're going out and doing this stuff and, and, putting hands and feet to this thing that God has taught us. And that's, that's essential and important that this doesn't just stay in my head. This doesn't just right. stay at church. Like this has to permeate my entire life. Right. Um, which is what, which is what this is getting at, which is what James gets at. Uh, you know, Micah nails this. This isn't oh, even yes. like just new Testament stuff, right? What, what does God require right. of you, man? Uh, to do justice, to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. That's it. Like you can sum it all up right. by doing this stuff. Do justice, do the right thing for people, love mercy, take care of other people and, and walk humbly with God. And you're going to see those things. And I think, I think part of it with the goats too, that when they ask that question, there's a different emphasis and you know, the yes. sheep are going, when did, when did we see you like that? Jesus, we saw these other people, but when the goats asked, they're like, well, we would have helped you. But when did we see you like that? We saw these other people that needed that help. Yeah. We see you like yeah. that. And I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're asking yeah. the same question, but they're coming at it from opposite sides because, you know, the sheep are like, we were just yes. doing this because this is who we're supposed to be. We didn't we didn't know that was you, um, but we did it. And the, the yeah. goats are like, well, we would have done it if we'd have known it was you like that, that that you've missed the point. Right. Yeah. Like if you'd only do it for Jesus, this this isn't what he asks us to do. This isn't who he, you can't just wait for right. the important person. This literally goes against everything Jesus <laughs> lives and teaches and shows you the whole time. Like. You're the person, oh, yes. the important person's coming now? Now we'll do it. Yes, come come here, have this great seat at the table, Jesus. Um, like, that doesn't do any good. That's not the kind of faith that, that right. he calls us to have. That's not right. that's not who he was. Right. You already mentioned that. Like, he right. doesn't come seeking position and power. He comes and hangs out with the misfits and the, to, to steal a phrase from Brendan Manning, the ragamuffins, you know? <laughs> um, yes. This word that none of us know what it means, but we know what it means. Um, none of us use, but we know what it means. So they, they saw the goats by asking those questions, admit that they kind of saw those needs and did nothing but, about them because, oh, well, but, it's just those people. It's not Jesus. And right. until that attitude changes and sadly, that's, I, you know, you, you, you talk about the stuff we do. Like we used to go do sandwiches. I had people ask me why we did that still though. Like, why are you going I know. doing that? Um, why would we not like this is who we're told to be. Yes. And I, I had people yes. um, it, even after I'd been doing it a long time, um, maybe even people I worked with that did not understand um, why we did this. They didn't get it. They didn't see the value. They didn't see the point. And yet it, you know, my, my in-laws go to my church that I used to work at. I make fun of it all the time because they didn't go there when I worked there, but now they do. Um <laughs> has nothing to do with me and it's actually just a fun joke but 
like they love they 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 go there and they still get to see our kids that are like you know 30 now um because they're not youth group kids anymore because they're old because i'm older and fixing to be older uh fixing to be much older not much but you know another year coming up soon that's worse for you than it is for me um that's <laughs> true my, my my bad one was a few weeks ago your bad one is this. <laughs> yes but like all the time what we, we would go back and talk to these kids that, that stuck around and have grown so much and like when we look back and see like what what were some of the things that changed your faith that, that, that established this it was man it was that that was such a huge yeah. it was simple yeah. like you said yeah, yeah we'd go out and pass out sandwiches and water that was it people asked what we did we called it manna right people asked what we did we got together we made peanut butter and jellies we packed them up in backpacks, packed some backpacks full of water bottles and walked around downtown and met people and said, hi, I'm Andy. Like a sandwich, some water. Yeah, that was it. And yeah, we occasionally got to have some deeper conversations. Not a ton. Well, yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Well, I remember I remember being with with you guys several times. And because you drug your, your mother and I along. <laughs> and I remember there were times when people go, why? Why are you doing this? And you would get the opportunity to go, hey, we're doing this because of Jesus, actually. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, you know, I, one of my kids panicked one time because somebody asked them that, and they're like, well, 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 because Jesus <laughs> loves you. Like, that's all they need to say. And that that's, I was like, they were so embarrassed. They're like, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, you told them Jesus loved them? Yeah, that's all I said. <laughs> what else would you tell them? There's no need to oh, do anything else, like, right? That's, that's, you nailed it. Like, yep, yep. And well, you know, I, I think yeah. about the, the 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 sheep did it because they loved Jesus. They didn't know it was him. They yeah. they didn't know he's identifying with these people, but they loved him. Whereas the goats, they would only do what they were going to get recognized for. Yes. You know, if, if I'm not going to get credit for this, I, and I don't, I don't, God's not going to know. I, I'm I'm reading a great book, which I would recommend to anybody called Prodigal God. Uh, it's by um, yeah. Keller. yeah, Tim Keller. And um, in it, he talks about, you know, we emphasize in that prodigal son parable, we, we emphasize the younger son, his sin. Oh, you know, he disrespected his father. He did all that. And he did. And, it, and what he did was wrong and it was sin. But the younger brother was just as sinful because he was doing everything to get credit for it. Okay. He, he is doing everything he can to get credit for this. And when he sees that his father is, is doing something with his brother that he doesn't like, he doesn't even go in to, to celebrate this. His father comes out, which, again, he's, he's disrespecting his father because he's making his father come out to him. And he still doesn't get it. And I think there are a lot of people who go to church and who do religious things and say, oh, hey, look at me, God, look at me. But when it comes to a lot of other, like these kinds of ministries going out to, to the hungry and the broken, it's like, no, because probably I, I'll get I'll get the gold star for being in church, bringing my Bible. You know, it's like, and you probably don't remember this. Oh, I do. But, but in the church. You do. You remember the little the envelopes? little envelopes that we had for Sunday school? Yeah, and you oh, had to make like the checks on to check off on those. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 one of the things I remember as a kid, one of the things that you got rewarded for is if if you were able to to put all those checks and you got a and and there was a grade there, 
was yeah. like 80% or 100%. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I look back on that and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we what we were doing, we're trying to get gold stars from Jesus for showing up and bringing our Bible and giving money and all this. But nowhere was there on there, oh, how many hungry people did you feed this week? Uh, how many people did you sit with when they were hurting and crying and just gave them your ear and your shoulder? Uh, I, I used to get tickled uh, on on the um, well, they call it now the annual report. It used to be called something else, and they annual they, they, profile profile. That's what it was. That's what it is. And 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 I don't know why they still ask, but they used to ask, "How many tithers do you have in your church?" <laughs> so what I would what I would do is one year I would put whatever the membership was, I'd put all of them, and another year I'd put zero. Because I wanted to screw up the the statistics, you know. <laughs> but never did they ask me how many people are being discipled, how many people are growing in their faith, how many people are involved in ministry, touching other people's lives and making disciples. You know, I think I think sometimes we get the focus off of who we are, who we're to be, and we wanted we want to be the doing well. These sheep were, they, they knew who they were. We're the sheep of Jesus. We belong to the king. We want to please him. And we know this is what he would want us to do. And then they get the great reward of, oh, wow, we do it for you. And eternal life is a result because we have that relationship with you. Whereas the goats are looking at it. Do I get credit for this before I do it or not, God? <laughs> and their response, their, their result is, oh, we get separated from God. Yeah. Yeah, though, man, those old offering envelopes, those were, yeah, we still had those when I was little. I vividly remember those. Yeah. I, I can remember when we did away with them. All the check marks, all that stuff. And, yeah. well, we probably still have some somewhere in my building here. <laughs> I promise, because I got Sunday school literature that's as old as you, I'm pretty sure, in a closet back here. Um Trinity Greek? <laughs> on stone tablets, even. Um, yeah, yeah, it's chiseled in there. That's that's why we still have it. It's actually holding up the foundation of the building. If we took it out, the building would collapse. Um, part of the part of the infrastructure, literally. No, but you know, one one of the other things that I find, I think this is important that we we kind of overlook, is at the very beginning, it's Jesus who separates the sheep and the goats. It's Him who decides yes. which of these groups we belong to, because we. Yeah. are very good at deciding which group people belong to. Oh, yes. I'm like, oh, oh no, yes. I'm over here with the sheep. I'm doing good. I'm doing this. But you, you, you need to do this, this, and this because you're a goat, right? You know, we, we, th and I think the moment that we are the ones who we think we should be dividing them, I think that puts us in the goat category. Um, I think that's part of what puts us over there is that we are keeping score. We are measuring those things and looking for that stuff. And so... No, I'm, I'm good. I was he was just making a face, y'all. He was making a face. No, 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 no. Like, oh, what is happening? No, but no, I, you know, the goats want to measure stuff and they want to judge stuff and they want to decide who's in the different groups. And that's, that's part of their problem. Like they're keeping score. And yeah. they think that it's yeah. about the score. You know, we, uh, years ago, I've used it a few times in my church. I came across a great video. It's called resume versus referral. And it's all mm. these people having their moment where they come to the, the pearly gates, you know, to, to get into heaven and, they have their resumes and they keep bragging about all the stuff they've done. And God's sitting there going, and you want me to use this? This is what you want me to use? You know, and of course, the, it finally gets to the end and there's a guy like, yeah, that's my resume. But can I just say one other thing? God's like, yeah, 
I, I'm with him. I don't really care what it says on that piece of paper. And he points at Jesus. Like Jesus is, you know, I, I'm with him. I, I, I'll go with the referral. Like he says, I'm good. So you don't really need to read my resume, which I'm yeah. still not sure. Yeah. 90% of jobs actually read the resume anyway. I think they just go off. They, they can go off one or the other. Nobody goes off both. But, you know, are, are yeah, I mean, it's the, resume? It's, right. it's the Tony Evans story about these guys going to the Dallas Mavericks game with him and they get to meet the team. They get to eat the stuff. They get to sit at the court. They get to park in a special place. And he, he reminds them, you get to do this because you're with me. Yes. And yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I, Everything I that we are blessed. Yeah. I mean, everything we're blessed with comes because of God, not because of us. Yeah. I mean, if I'm blessed because of what I do, I'm in trouble. <laughs> But, but I, if I I'm blessed, this. go ahead. I talk about this. I, I'm blessed because of God's grace. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I get special access. My wife works at the school. Um, my wife works there. Uh, the principal goes to my church. And uh, I've learned the, the key, the key. I'm going to get out some secrets here. If you want to be in good at a school or a church, there is one key person that you suck up to. The secretary. Okay, if the secretary yes. you, you can do whatever you want. So when I go by the yes. school with something, the other day my son forgot his French horn, right? He forgot it at home, so I had to take it down to the school. So he had it for in time for band. So I get down there. Most parents would have to just drop that off. Their kid would come get it. Nope, I just get to take it to the band room. I just get let in the doors, and I get to go back there and do it. Um, why is that? Because I I know the right people. I'm connected to the right people, and so yep. Yep. and anytime yeah, I'm bringing food to to my wife's class. I make sure there's a little bit of extra that I leave with the secretaries, so they like me. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, oh, yeah. When I was a youth pastor, first person I would meet, is I would go meet the secretaries at the mid school and the high school, and I would tell them who I was, and yeah, because I knew they run the schools, not the yes. principals, not the vice principals, not the teachers. And that's even the more true. The principals they aren't even at schools half the time. They're in, they're busy having to go to all these admin meetings where they had to get dragged off to all this other stuff. And in fact, when I had my hiatus there for a period of time uh, in 1992, I substituted. And who did I get? Who I, I did I substitute every day? Yes, because they knew all the secretaries. That's right. And they would go, "Hey, we need you." Yeah, exactly. And and and, and yeah. And what we see is the sheep know the king. Yeah. The goats know about the king. Yes. But they don't have that relationship with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. All right. Well, that's the sheep and the goats. We'll we'll quit going on tangents, and we're, we're we're having some fun on Zoom today. By the way, we keep trying to talk, and then we tell the other one to go, and then we just both start going. So sorry for for those moments, um, the the difficulties of doing this from a distance. So, but you know, it's real because we do that. that that's way. right. So that's right. Because I ain't taking the time to edit those out. So sorry, you get us. In wrong. fact, <laughs> somebody asked me the other day, "Do you script your podcast?" I said, "Him, listen to it." <laughs> No, we don't script it. We got our notes, but we don't tell each other. No, we don't script it. No, no. Not script it. we go, all right, we'll talk about the parable of the sheep and the goats. And then we do this. That's, that's our yep. full discussion. So, yep. All right. Well, we will see you guys next week. We'll be talking about, uh, we're, we're going to throw a little Bob Dylan at you next week, right? Yes. Yeah, you hear that. That's a that's a pop's choice right there. A little Bob Dylan. Yeah, I... I'll read the lyrics to you, though, so you'll know what he says. So, 